Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And it's Steph. Um, this is the third time we've done this intro because we've got a case of the giggles. I can't stop laughing. Okay, I'm okay. Okay. So, I mean, at least we're in a good mood and that ties in nicely with how we're going to start this episode off because we've got some exciting news. As you guys know, we've been running our very exciting contest for the last month and Steph, I'm going to hand it over to you to tell everyone more about that and you get to pick the winner yes so we've partnered with red balloon to give one of our lucky australian listeners a 250 dollar gift voucher so a little jealous i kind of want this myself but apparently that's not how these things work so no, i asked steph if i could enter and she was like no um no. conflict of interest b yeah. i'm in london and yeah, this is unfortunately for any of our British listeners or American listeners or Canadian listeners or um, El Salvador, for whatever reason, we're really big there as well. Not one for you guys, but don't worry. We'll run future contests. Yes. For you guys. Will. So, so with that said, let's pick our Australian winner today. <laughs> Drum roll. Maybe I can edit one in, but for now, I'll use my fingers. Who's the winner? Nicole Robertson is our winner. Congratulations, Nicole. Yes, Nicole. What a win. Nicole, I really want you to tag us and tell us what you buy with it, just so we can vicariously live through you. (laughs) That would be great. Yeah, since I can't win, but that's fine. Um, But no, genuinely, I need some inspiration. I was saying saying to a friend earlier today, actually, that like, I just feel like I just haven't done anything really fun this year. Because, I mean, who has? It's been, you know, COVID restrictions. But um, so I need some inspiration. But Steph and I are still planning our winter road trip across Canada. So you guys will also know that Steph and I are doing the most epic road trip 
from Vancouver back home to Ontario, where we're from in Canada, over mm-hmm. Christmas. So I'm flying out to Canada on the 20th or the 21st. I should probably check that. When's my flight? And then I'm going to meet Steph in Vancouver <laughs> on the 27th. And yeah, we're finally doing this road trip. We've talked about doing it for years. And what better time to do it than in the dead of winter in Canada? In the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we thought this would be um, a good opportunity to do an episode talking about winter excursions and yes. winter travel. I feel like I feel like winter winter travel always kind of gets put on the back burner behind mm-hmm. like you know, summer and sun and beach, beach vacations. Like when we think travel, we think you pack your sunglasses, you pack your bikini, Mm -hmm. you pack your sunscreen and off you go. But you know, people do like actually doing winter excursions. You know, there are people out there that enjoy the cold and that they like the snow (laughs) and they don't want to be on a beach. And since Steph and I were planning our road trip, we thought, let's talk about all the different planning aspects that go into a winter excursion and what to, yeah, how to plan for that. Because again, a lot of our, our listeners are are from Australia. Yeah. And in parts of Australia, obviously, you guys don't really get winters or it's hot there most of the time. I know not where you are, Steph, but yeah. And so if any of you are thinking of doing a, you know, a winter excursion somewhere to like a really cold country, like you guys might not even know where to start. Like when it comes to packing or looking at flights or, you know, how to get around in the middle of winter. Like how do you, you know, if you've never driven in snow. Anyways, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about those. When I was looking at coming home, I really wanted to come home for Christmas and, you know, surprise all my loved ones for Christmas. And the very first thing for me is just that winter vacation or winter travel doesn't necessarily have to mean Christmas travel. Because let me tell you, flying home on the 27th instead of the 23rd saves about two grand. So that kind of made it a no brain. And hey, if being there for Christmas is more important, by all means. But when I was looking at it, I'm like, I'm going to save that money and I'm going to spend it on other things while I'm there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you look at a country like Canada... And you like, I feel like peak season, peak travel season in Canada is probably actually like in the summertime. Mm-hmm. But over Christmas, obviously, flights are a lot more expensive, um, yeah. especially I think if you fly out to like west parts of Canada, where that's where people go skiing, like that's where, you know, the Rocky Mountains are and, and ski vacations and, you know, like basically where you and I are going to be. The beautiful parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the really beautiful part, whereas like Toronto... Ontario where we're from it's like eh. living city (laughs) yeah um but yeah as you said like flights booked over Christmas yeah are super expensive now that said if you do want to book them for around Christmas time try to book them before like October Mm -hmm. like I feel like September October is like the real sweet spot for getting like the good deals around Christmas I booked my flight home I think it was I want to say it was end of October when we were looking at doing this Mm-hmm. And I found a pretty good deal. And I know a lot of other Canadians now trying to book around the same dates that I booked. Yeah. And the flight prices are like double because it's Christmas. The demand is up and everyone starts looking at their you know Christmas flights. I would never leave booking that flight until after I would say Black Friday is your absolute last chance to get a steal exactly. um, for that time of year. So I would never. And for anyone who's never flown in winter, I got to say, this isn't something you would think of on the way over, but. Once you're there, if you're flying within Canada or on all encountered on my departure flight, 
is uh, the planes actually will be covered in ice. So have you ever yeah. been on a plane while it's de-iced, Andrea? Always. I yeah. mean, a million times. It's How many times cool. have I left Toronto? Yeah, <laughs> where they go on, they put this stuff on, and I, it's so funny because I've been on flights where people are like, what are they doing to the plane? I'm like, oh, it's their first de-icing experience. Cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they have to de-ice it so it doesn't freeze. Yeah, you queue up, and I don't know if it's always green, but all the ones I've seen are green. And they're literally, it's like if you imagine a drive through car wash where they're putting like the pink foam on your car and stuff. It's like that, but with de-icing stuff. So your plane isn't a sheet of ice. Doesn't, doesn't it's freeze in the sky. It's an experience. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so and I think the other thing I'd say, you know, and as you said, Steph, Christmas excursion versus winter excursion. So yeah, if you're looking to do a winter excursion, look at flights right after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Jan and February are like your best times where you're going to get the cheapest flights. And I think the perfect example of that is, so you're flying out to Vancouver to meet me on the 27th, still after Christmas, and you told me what you paid, and then I have to fly back to Vancouver on January 26th um, to catch my flight back to Australia. I paid under half of what you paid for your flight in December. Damn. Yeah, because my flight, I think, yeah, I go to Vancouver on the 27th, so that's even, like, still within that Christmas peak season right yeah that week between christmas and new year's yeah yeah so i guess decide what do you want do you want christmas excursion or a winter one because they're very different should we talk about like have you done christmas have you ever traveled somewhere before specifically for like a christmas excursion like i i did a in prague a few years ago i wanted to go to the christmas markets so Mm -hmm. it's either gonna be like prague or like somewhere in germany and i think the flight to prague was cheaper and i'd never been to prague so i'm like i'll go there so that was a very specific yeah. reason to go over Christmas where I went and yeah, they had all the, the amazing Christmas markets and I did all my shopping and I drank lots of, you know, mulled wine and, and the works. Yes. And, you know, it's a beautiful place to go around Christmas. And so is Germany. Yeah, I've done, I have I've, done Germany for that exact reason for the Christmas markets. Mm. And where else have I been? Oh, I want to say oh, New York, yeah. um, New York, you and I went to Christmas in New York um spain for the three kings festival so that was i think a little into the first week of january there but yeah a number of places for christmas but i think touching on what we just said a lot of the christmas activities are open till mid-january so sometimes you're not even missing out on the christmas stuff i know there's um like london is another place i know a lot of people like to come over to london around christmas time because i mean if there's a city that I don't know. London does it right. They get all the lights up and they have like, you know, Christmas at Kew Gardens with all the light shows and everything. But a lot of those do go on until January, as you said. Mm -hmm. So you can still see some of this stuff and maybe it's past Christmas. But if you still want to see some of these like big, you know, exhibits or whatever it might be, a lot of them will still be up come January. And that's when it'll be a bit cheaper to get those flights over yeah and this is i know i feel like we always beat this over the head when i say like don't do your research so we're gonna be in Banff. Banff. we're gonna be in Banff. Banff. um we're gonna be in Banff for new year's and i looked up i was like surely Banff have you know some incredible christmas installations Banff has like the world's one of the world's biggest ice carving competitions and Mm. we're totally gonna miss it it's actually january 19th to the 30th so there are cooler things too later on so you're not actually necessarily missing the best of things by waiting and saving but you can't do it all that's what i saw that and was like 
can't do it all. And that's another good point. Yeah. If you're going to be traveling during winter, like double check as well. Some places that you're going, like say there's certain, I don't know, attractions that you want to see, whether they're like landmarks or I don't know, even specific activity places, like check that they're open in winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a friend of mine that went to Toronto, I don't know, a few years ago. And it. I think he went in, I want to say like March. Like, kind of going into spring, but, like, end of winter. Like, March is very hit and miss in Canada. It yeah. can either be, like, weirdly warm when people are out in shorts, or it could be, like, minus 30 and, you know, blizzards happening every day. Um, right. But anyways, this friend of mine is, like, a big, like, amusement park enthusiast, and he had heard about Wonderland, oh, which is, no. like, a big, <laughs> a big amusement park in Toronto um, that I used to go to all the time as a kid. But and so he was so excited to go to Wonderland. Do they still call it Paramount Canada's Wonderland? No, no, it was sold. It's just Canada's Wonderland. Yeah, Canada's Wonderland. Anyways, amazing amusement park, but it's not open in winter, as you can imagine. Yeah. They're not going to run a big amusement park in minus twenty degree weather with people sitting on roller coasters like that high up, where they'll probably freeze to death. Like it's just not safe. So he you went get, there. Honestly, he... windburn on your face. From yeah, the rides. It's not. It is not practical to be running an amusement park in the middle of winter in Canada. Um, So he was so disappointed because he, so he went over because he wanted to go to Canada. He found a cheap flight as, because again, traveling in March, like it's not that expensive to get a flight over after Christmas, not during peak season. And yeah, he got there and he was so upset that he got there. Like I want, it was like six weeks before the park was opening. So he missed out. But so like double check these things. This isn't winter travel, but I traveled to Tasmania very specifically to see this, the lavender fields. (laughs) And I got there three days after it was cold. (laughs) I got there and literally just saw a field of like dirt fields on fields. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And was like, I should have looked this up beforehand. (laughs) But that's true, though. Like there's certain things that are not going to be in season. during winter so (laughs) you know again guys like if you're from somewhere that it's warm all the time like bear in mind a lot of these winter excursions like they do have seasons and it's (laughs) not just hot like an australian winter versus a canadian winter yeah they're very different um but yeah that's a good point do your research ahead of time make sure that everything that you want to see it's open during those winter months oh and let me tell you not just in terms of things are open, but even just realistically, because what winter is in Australia to what winter is in even Germany to winter in Canada, it's very different. So like when I, when I flew to Germany for in the winter, I thought Germany was going to be so much milder than Canada. And I wore these really cheap, flimsy winter boots from Walmart. Like you can't even call them winter boots. Um, and my feet were frozen and they were, they weren't waterproof. Like they weren't, I had to dry them on the hostel heater every day. I, t- I don't know I how mean, I got through the week there to be honest, but I hadn't researched yeah, it. And, and you're Canadian. Like you should know better. There's nothing. Uh, if you're going to be doing any kind of winter getaway, the one, I think good piece of attire that you need is a good pair of warm waterproof yes. boots. Yes. I would even say waterproof over warmth because like you might have, I, I've owned boots in the past that have like inner lining yeah. of, I don't know, like fake, fake sheepskin or something, but they weren't waterproof. As soon as your feet get cold yeah. in winter weather, you're screwed. Like you, the rest of you is going to be 
frozen. And I'm, <laughs> oh no, I'm getting the giggles again. And uh, like you're <sighs> saying this, and I, I don't think we can emphasize how serious this is. I actually have a friend who slipped in water. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm just, I can't control myself. <laughs> and got lost, like, and ended up losing a couple toes from frostbite. Oh, that's not funny. No, it's yeah. not funny at all. It's not funny. Um, so it's really dangerous. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to be uncomfortable. It's actually, yeah. and even, so for example, the excursions we've booked and we're doing, we've specifically been told, because we're not, we're, well, we're mm. not planning to go skiing or snowboarding or anything like that, but everything we've booked says you need to dress as if you could be lost overnight. Like, so right. even though, you know, our excursions are only one to two hours, we need to have ski goggles. We need to have, you know, proper winter boots. And they say, if you don't have these things, we're not actually going to let you go on the excursion, paid or unpaid. Yeah, um, it's a safety thing. Yeah. Like, you can't be going to a country like Canada in the middle of winter when it's, you know, what, minus 20 in some places wearing Uggs. Those are not winter no. boots. Uggs are slippers. Yeah. Yeah. Uggs are slippers. Or like even like I see people walking around in like Converse running shoes that are made of material. Like, mm. no, you need a pair of even if you had even a good pair of like wellies or like rubber boots, wherever, like even a yeah. good pair of those with some thick, warm socks, as long as your feet are dry and warm. I wouldn't suggest wellies if you are going to be like snowshoeing or like doing proper winter activities. But say you're going to Toronto in the middle of winter, you want to just walk around the city like that's fine. Yeah. Just waterproof. (laughs) Keep your feet warm. Now, also, let's I mean, should we talk about other winter stuff that maybe? Yes. If for no other reason than to reinforce it for me. (laughs) Thermal socks. I cannot Mm -hmm. talk enough about even just all thermal wear. Like, yes, thermals. It's all about layering in the cold weather. And if you're going to be outside for a long period of time. So I actually remember when I went to Prague a few years ago and I did this really long walking tour. And same as a Canadian, I thought ah, it was only going to be like three degrees there. And I'm like, I'll be fine. And I just brought this like one coat that was like Canadian arrogance. Yeah. (laughs) Like it was like a cheap cotton, whatever. I didn't bring gloves and I didn't wear layers that day. And I was outside in this walking tour for like it was like four or five hours. I was frozen Mm. to the bone. I didn't wear a hat. I didn't wear like a headband over my ears. And I was freezing because you think you're warm sometimes going out. And then as you spend more time outside, the cold really hits you. Yeah. So layers are so important. Um, But yeah, I got to the point, my tour guide, he had a spare, um, he had a spare scarf in his bag and he was really nice. I was like, do you want to wear this? (laughs) Yes. So yeah, I put that on, but layer like thermals, anything that's going to like stick to you under like your coat and everything. That's one thing I think. Thermal socks. I'm I'm a little more prepared than I normally would be, only because I had a ski vacation book to go up to the ski resorts here in Victoria. That obviously was COVID canceled, right. but I'd actually bought like snow pants, a ski jacket, um, and some thermal wear mm. for that trip. So yeah, it's the boots and the Important. ski goggles. That's one I wasn't ready for. The other thing I would suggest, because this also ties in, we're going to talk a little bit about how to pack. So that's the other mm. thing, right? Like if you're packing. If you pack for a summer getaway, like I spent, I went to Australia the first, when I first went to Australia, I went for a month and it was in the, it was during the winter time or sorry, the summertime in Australia. Okay. Or no winter. Canadian winter, which is our summer. Yeah. It was hot. (laughs) (laughs) I went when it was hot, Um, but I brought a backpack with me. Like I spent a month with this little backpack because I just had to put like 
a couple pairs of shorts, like a bathing suit, tank top, whatever. But obviously packing for winter wear is bulkier. Like it takes up more room. And I have to say for jackets, if you're going to buy a jacket, the best type of jacket you can buy is a really thin down puffer jacket. Yes. Because they are so warm and they're so compact. Like I've got two. Um, So there's a brand called Rab that I have my two from. And you can literally like roll these up in a ball and you could shove in like a little bag. But they keep you so... The one I wore um, when I did Kilimanjaro a few years ago and at the top of the mountain, like it's cold. (laughs) It's cold up there, but it kept me so warm. And I've... So I've got another one. I just got a new one that I'm going to wear to Canada. But these jackets are amazing because I think people always think they have to buy these big bulky winter jackets. Yeah, I fall warm. into that trap. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll get one of these down ones. Like North Face does them. I think Uniqlo, which I think yeah. Uniqlo is a pretty global shop. Yeah, like they sell them as well. But yeah, they're just thin puffer jackets, but make sure they're down. Like they're called down jackets. Yeah. And they're expensive, but they are so worth it because it makes it so much easier for packing as well. You can put those in a suitcase and they take up like you can put them, tie them in one of those little bags. Like a lot of them come with bags. Mm-hmm. And they're waterproof as well. So get a down, like a thin down jacket. So good. That's on my list. On my list. That is on your list. I'm going to send you a link and you need to go buy one. Yeah, I definitely, I'll go into, I always called it Uniqlo, but. That's what I said. Uniqlo. Okay. Oh, you say like Uniqlo? Yeah. I always said Uniqlo, but I don't know. I think, I don't know. It doesn't matter. U- Uniqlo, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Yeah. Uniqlo, Uniqlo. But yeah, either way. Get the compact winter jackets, the warm ones. Because again, when it comes to packing, like you need to pack. I feel like you think you have to pack a lot. But then also bear in mind, if you are coming from, again, like if you're traveling from Australia, you're going to a cold country and you need winter stuff. Now, are you actually going to need to hold on to that stuff when you come back to Australia? Hmm. Like if, you know, how often are you going to need a pair of mittens a hat, a scarf, thermal wear. And what I would say, if you can, just buy a lot of that stuff in the country that you're going to. Buy it when yeah. you get there. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be super expensive. Like when it comes to wearing hats or like a scarf, it doesn't have to be the most expensive. But buy them there. And then before you leave, donate them to a charity if you're yes. not really going to use them again. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, like in Tanzania, after we did Kilimanjaro, and like I had some stuff like my poles that I used and... I think I had some gloves. I'm like, I don't need these. And so I gave them to, uh, I think it, like I gave them to the porters. I was like, here, you guys have these. And they were like, oh, great, thanks. Because I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with these? Yeah. Like, what do I need yeah, poles yeah, for? Yeah. I'm not planning on climbing Everest. So same with like, a like if you're going to do like one winter excursion every 10 years, just yeah. leave it there. And then you don't have to worry about packing it with you. And you could, it just makes it that much easier. And yeah. I think we've talked about this before, like buying stuff. In, it's not like Canada or I don't know, like Scandinavian countries don't sell hats and mittens and scarves. Like if anything, True. actually, they'll have more of a selection. That's a good point, because I've been stressing about some of the things I still have yet to buy, but I can probably get them the day after I touch down. Of course you can. We're going to be in Vancouver as well. Like, <laughs> like in the airport, they'll probably have stores where you can get... Even a pair of winter boots. Yeah. Oh. And it'll probably be cheaper in Canada. Than a- yeah. yeah. They'll be hard to find here. Yeah, exactly. Get them there. Don't pack okay. anything. 
All right. Don't, as you always do, stuff. Don't pack anything. <laughs> this is what you're used to. For once, do not start do packing stuff now. <laughs> For once, do what you always do, and do not pack. And just turn up to Canada and buy everything. Go on a shopping spree, or just go through my stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. I will tell you, I've been a little proactive in. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. That I was stressing because I need ski goggles and I wear glasses. I'm so blind. Um, so I actually did go and get contact lenses this week to prepare for that. So I am being a, a quite more proactive than I normally am. Can't you wear glasses under ski goggles? You can, but hello, like I'm going to be that person with like fogged up glasses under the goggle or something, or I'll be, you know, why do flip- we need ski goggles? I'm just, we I have to have, have them. We have to have them for the dog sledding. Um, it was right in the event description. They don't have them that you can like rent. Uh, you know what? They probably do. It doesn't say they do, but we're going to be in Banff. We're going to be able to rent that stuff anyways. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. I don't even need to buy it. Like why? I've been looking and they're so expensive. Like we'll be able to find a couple. We could probably borrow them from somebody for the day. Like, hey, you. Hey, chick, do you need your ski goggles tomorrow? Do you have a spare pair? Like, we're going to be in, like, ski goggle heaven. Country. Yeah, you're right. I'm it probably kidding. snows ski goggles from the sky where we're going. Do not why buy a pair. I, why must I either under-prepare, like, seriously under-prepare, or apparently yeah. over-prepare? Like, why am I never There's just no in the in between with you. No, I know. I, okay. Just bring, like, stuff. Just bring some sweaters, warm like comfy hoodies whatever we're gonna be fine i love that you're even learning from this episode (laughs) i am this is why i thought this was such a good episode idea too i was because obviously it was your idea and i'm like yes let's do that i mean clearly we don't plan all this out ahead of time (laughs) (laughs) the others the other thing i would say when it comes to packing Mm -hmm. so toilet toiletries are another one if anything as well yeah in cold countries like you need good moisturizing like stuff for your hands for your face for your lips oh my god i cannot stress enough a good lip balm but again buy them when you get there just buy because they'll have better stuff there anyways also people always forget about this when they go somewhere cold Mm -hmm. sunscreen yes i knew you were gonna say that you think you don't need sunscreen in the middle of winter trust me i have had a couple pretty bad burns in Canada that snow really reflects like they yeah. almost think of that like if you were in in the middle like in a, a body of water the sun reflects off of that like it's no different than swimming around in the ocean and then you come out you're like holy shit like how many times have I gone how snorkeling did this happen? And I come out like <laughs> yeah my ass is like crispy red burnt same will happen to your mm-hmm. face any of those exposed areas like you have your ski goggles on but your forehead your cheeks you'll come out with a really nice ski goggle tan line or burn yeah. line however you want to <laughs> and you've got the cold wind as well yeah wind burn so, too oh. wind burn sunburn great combo. wear the sunscreen like get the 50 spf 
again, buy it when you're there because like even I remember when I was in Australia, they didn't even sell 50. They might do now. But when I went like 10 years ago, they didn't have 50 factor. The guy like laughed at me and I'm like, do you have 50 factor factor? He's like 50. He's like, where are you from? I'm like, (laughs) clearly not Australia. I feel like they definitely started taking skincare, like they banned tanning beds. Like I feel like they really turned, right. a, I think in the a past 10, 15 years, they've entirely done a 180 on their approach to uh, skin safety, sun safety. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I was there, they, I, I was laughed in my face, but, um, but yeah, the sunscreen is, uh, yeah. Again, when I did Kilimanjaro and I was on the top of that mountain wearing like a big bulky hat and my jacket like I thought everything was covered up and I got a horrible sunburn on my hands like just the small parts of my skin where it was exposed like I had blisters so like don't underestimate cold weather and the sun because you'll still get burnt so yeah very important and just a good moisturizer I would even say like a good if you're worried about your hair you like your hair get goes pretty staticky yeah (laughs) when it's that sort of dry heat as well so a good conditioner very important Especially if you're going to be wearing hats. Your hair is going to static up to the sky. (laughs) I will say during, you know, Melbourne's never ending, finally ended lockdown here. I really got heavily into skincare and hair care for some reason because I didn't have much else to do. Um, So this is one I've given way too much thought to. Um, But pretty much, Mm. yeah, I'm going to have to buy... I'm bringing my small bottle of Olaplex shampoo, but I'm going to buy conditioner when I land. And yeah, I have like a sachet of samples that my favorite brands have all sent yeah. me that should get me through the trip. Skincare is life now at my age. <laughs> Definitely. And my skin reacts quite badly in extreme weathers. Like I get yes. quite that eczema on, um, on my arm, like my forearms. And I used to get it. It was horrible on my lips and above my lips Ooh. and so in extreme well, extreme that. heat and extreme yeah. cold but um so also guys like if you might if you're not sure how your skin might react like bring a good um like a if you can get it like a good steroid cream just in case yes. or buy like buy one have one you know buy it at a, a pharmacy or a chemist like wherever you're going because you might you might need it i'm, I'm and i don't know that's just these you know that extreme winter like again with that wind and sun and the cold your skin can just surprise you this isn't really going to be applicable necessarily to skincare and hair care (laughs) but um for definitely for you know driving and you know we're going dog sledding and skiing and all those fun winter things that you do Mm -hmm. this is kind of the boring stuff i know guys but talking about travel insurance Mm. you got to look at what it is because yeah so every single provider and policy is different and most of them will cover so for example our dog sledding our snowshoeing is all covered as winter activities but skiing and snowboarding some companies will only say you know we don't cover hella skiing which obviously is quite a bit more extreme than normal skiing but that's not the same each company has different definitions some might consider yeah. snowboarding on, you know, Black Diamond Mountains extreme and not include that. Which if you're, you know, many an Aussie travel to Whistler, BC to go skiing for this exact reason. So you want to make sure your travel insurance covers what you plan to be doing. Yeah. I mean, I think we say it all the time, like checking your travel insurance policy and what's covered. But it's true. 
if you're yeah. planning, like, I don't think in mine, I don't think I have um, any extreme sports because what the hell extreme sports am I going to do? I mean, I managed <laughs> to tear ligaments on stationary bikes. So yeah. hell no, I'm not going to be going <laughs> snowboarding, but I don't, I don't need it. But people, yeah. again, like people will go on these excursions and just assume that they're insured. And it's like, and then all of a sudden you go skiing and you tear your ACL. Um, or whatever. And your insurance provider's like, sorry, no, we don't, you didn't even, like some of them don't even have uh, winter sports. Not only that, they'll be like, sorry, no, your policy explicitly says that's not covered. Um, Yeah. But there is for a lot of these companies add-ons and that doesn't just include if you're injured doing it, but things like, you know, if you're an avid skier, an avid snowboarder and you have your own snowboard, if it gets stolen, if it gets, yeah. it will cover that equipment as well. Versus if you don't have the add-on, the equipment for that activity also isn't covered, which a lot of people think, oh, you know, I have X amount for stolen baggage, luggage. I wanted to combine those into luggage. Um, <laughs> luggage? I like it. But no, if you don't do the add-on for the snow activities, they won't cover your snowboard regardless. Mm. The other one, natural disasters. <laughs> yes. add that on to your policy well uh landslides flash flooding yeah, i mean that's very relevant right now very in canada particular. <laughs> yeah. and i mean since steph and i had our um our uh experience in dublin many years ago from that volcano i since then have always added on natural disasters yeah. on my policy i think it's an extra like five pounds a year and i'm like why not why not but genuinely like Again, we're so used to just thinking like, oh, we'll go, I don't know, I'm going on a city break. What type of natural disaster could happen? Well, again, if you're (laughs) going to be going to a country in the middle of winter, especially around mountains, guys, landslides. Landslides. Or or not landslides, avalanches. They're a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) Landslides, avalanches. Like, And even, you know, I'm over here thinking, okay, I'm going to do real good this trip. I'm going to plan for everything. And then after we did the whole last episode about our trip, there's been mudslides that completely closed Vancouver off from the rest of the country. It shut down I know. the main highway. Um, so you always got to take that into I mean, consideration. Why, yeah. It doesn't surprise me that this would happen for <laughs> us. But. I've been contingency planning. We should be okay, but you know. <laughs> Um, which is a very good point though because you know i'm jumping a little here so i'm sorry for that but our the drive from vancouver to banff is about five hours Mm. or no a little more that's that's banff to Kelowna's five hours yeah i was gonna say it's a bit longer vancouver to Kelowna's five hours and then it's an additional couple hours to banff but you know i was planning i planned out our whole route to try to do the drives in like five hour blocks you know, max eight hour blocks, which is a long time in the winter. Now, if we needed the alternate route takes us into the States, up back into Canada, it's a 12 hour drive, which if you're planning, Mm. obviously winter driving, winter hours, a lot of places you only get eight hours of daylight and you don't want to be driving at night. So, you know, that detour will add an extra day. So you just got to be really, I guess, flexible but keeping in mind, not planning, you know, if you are driving, not planning these long 12, 13 hour days. It, it's not the same as driving in, in the summer where, yeah, especially in Canada, you have daylight from like, I don't know, 5 a.m. until 9 p.m. sometimes where, yeah, where you can. No. It's, you know, even though it sounds like, lo- like 
you know, 10 hours of driving, but between two people, eh, fine. But yeah, in the winter, like you have to be prepared also for like delays. What, like what the weather conditions are going to be like. Driving 40 and an 80. Like, yeah, yeah. which you will be doing. Um, I think we talked last time as well, just about being prepared. If, you know, if you are doing these road trips with like emergency kits in the car, having your snow tires. Yeah, snow tires for sure. Emergency kits with even weird things like kitty litter, which if your tires are spinning, if you're stuck and they're spinning, kitty litter will actually give it grip to get you out of that. So I can that I can help with that. I can bring <laughs> yeah, the kitty litter. I have a lot of it. You bring the kitty litter. <laughs> that, that is one them, thing I do not need to pack. Leave them at home with none and bring it all with you. <laughs> exactly. You'll come back to a surprise. Yeah. One, another one is, and Aussies, like, I feel like hopefully this is universal, but roadside assistance for winter driving, hell yes. I mean, you could do it without, but you'd be stupid to do that. And um, in Canada, it's the CAA is the primary provider, which I'm still a member, thankfully, so we're covered. Mm -hmm. Um, But for any of our Aussie listeners, that's like the RACV in Australia. For our American listeners, it's the AAA. If you're traveling, though, to one of these countries, do you have to... How does that work? Do you have to become a member still? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think if you're renting a car, um, you can inquire about... They have roadside assistance programs. Oh, well, Um, that would make sense. Yeah. Or I don't know if you can buy certain like certain short term memberships or three months. I I don't know, but you definitely don't want to be driving. Yeah, make, make sure whoever you're renting your car from, you ask about that. Yeah, again, because you don't want to just assume like, oh, everything will be fine if you do get into some type of predicament. So. Yeah. Yeah, rental company, say to them what type of roadside assistance is offered with this package I'm getting, or however you say it. I didn't word that very well, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) And also car maintenance. So I was trying to think of the differences specifically for us with, um, you know, Australian lifestyle versus driving in Canada. And the one thing that really confused me here was when I moved here, I was looking for windshield washer fluid. I was walking around mm-hmm. the shops, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. I'm like, what is going on? Like, do they not have this here? And finally, I asked for help. And the guy came and showed me this, like, little piddly little tiny bottle, like, the size of my hand, which is yeah. essentially, it's, like, concentrate whatever's in it. And then you just add in a little squirt of that and then fill your windshield washer thing with water. And I was like, oh, that shit would not fly in Canada. Like, we have specially rated, like, two, four liter, even bigger bottles of, yeah. you know, fluid that can withstand negative 40 degree temperatures and not turn to ice. Well, ice <laughs> and salt as well. When they salt the roads, like, everything that gets on your windshield in the middle of winter. Yeah. yeah. Our you fluid go... will just, it's toxic. It will just rip through any of that, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get it on your skin. Um, yeah, but you could go through an entire, you could go through three liters of windshield washer fluid in a day easily if you are driving in the right winter conditions for it. Um, so I think just filling up, like we're going to be topping up those fluids as we drive all along the way. Cause (laughs) let me tell you, I once ran out and I was driving in the middle of the night in a snowstorm and it was a nightmare. I had to drive with the window down and my head out so I could see where I was going. It was that bad. I mean, those are the moments you should probably just pull over and use your emergency kit if you have to. 
was sad. Or stop in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, we are not suggesting drive with your head out the window. Don't do what Steph does. No, just don't find yourself in that situation. <laughs> in that predicament in the first place. I mean, that's yeah. a good point, though. If you have never driven in winter weather, I mean, I don't even have a tip for this. Because Steph and I are experienced winter drivers coming from Canada. Mm-hmm. And the only way you learn how to drive in the winter is by doing it and yeah. figuring it out. But uh, yeah, it's not the same as driving in the summer or this like, no. bear that in mind. Don't just get into a car and like lead foot it and be like, Here cool, this is fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you really got to feel, feel the car out and make sure that, you know, that there is such thing as black ice. Like that's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, we've all, I've had my car spin out many times. Many times yeah, growing up. Like this, this is how you learn. So like... Do you remember when there was a difference? So they really switched the cars. I want to say it was between 89 and 93 from pump brakes to ABS brakes, which is automatic locking brakes. Do you remember? Or did you always have ABS brakes where you just, you'd push it? Steph? Yeah? Do you remember my first car? <laughs> yes. Do yes. you think... Do you think it, that I had no. any fancy brakes on that car? Oh, gosh. I had a 1989 <laughs> Ford Escort. It was the biggest piece of shit. And, and I, here's the thing. My parents got me that car. It's for yeah. when I went to college. And I sound like an ungrateful brat when I say it was a piece of shit. But my parents even agree. To this day, it was a piece of shit. And they got ripped off for the money they paid for it. Yeah. Um, but it that, kept you humble. Yeah, barely. That car broke down. I ran out yeah. of CAA toes by <laughs> April one year. You get I... you get an annual amount of like car toes <laughs> yeah. with CAA or AAA or whatever it is in Australia. Yeah. I ran out within the within the first <laughs> four months of a year once because that car broke down more times. It was the worst fucking car. Yeah, and that car spun out under me. During winter, more times than I could. Like, I, cr- I remember crashing that car into a ditch once because it slid. And the brakes, yeah, they were shit. And you couldn't easily just pop it into neutral, which is what you're supposed to do. You had to, like, really jiggle the, the, the what do you call it? What's it called? Clutch? The clutch? Not the clutch. The, no, the. The gear? My God. The gear shifter? The gear, shifter? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I once, it spun out under a bridge once. And then I crashed it into the bridge and I broke a one of the headlights and my dad was furious and screaming at me the next morning. He's like, what have you had your car? I'm like, that is middle winter. And that car, like it does, it's just, it was honestly possessed by it was Satan bad. himself. It was pretty bad. It did. I will say. Oh God. It got me through college. It got me through th- almost three years. I've just realized that you could actually do a whole episode on winter driving and they have courses on it. I had to take a defensive um, driving course for the winter where they teach you like, this is what you do if you spin it. I don't want to scare people. but like, No, but it's it's relevant though. Be careful and be mindful. Maybe you should get like, if you're going to do a a road trip in winter somewhere and you've never driven, like maybe you should do a course. Yeah. It's just like a day because there are things you, you don't like you learn again as, Steph and I learned how to drive in Canada growing up. So you learn yeah. all these things automatically. Like, you know, you throw it in neutral if you're spinning out and you don't slam on the brakes and like, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So <laughs> I feel like we're really, we're really taking us out of high here. We're going to spin out of this episode. <laughs> but hire a driver if you're worried about it or just like <laughs> go with like a group, a group oh. on a bus. Yeah. Have a Canadian with you. Good strategy. 
Yeah. Uh, hey, bring Steph and I. We'll drive for you. Yes. We'll be fine. Oh. Um, I think my only other point is too is just be prepared to be flexible. Be prepared. Like I even in our planning sheets mapped out all the date like cancel by dates just be ready to be flexible be ready to change plans be ready the same way i'd actually say when you know i did the road trip through australia in the wet season be prepared to be stuck because the roads are flooded same thing in the winter so just be prepared that the road conditions might hold you up a night so i think when you go into it with that mindset if anything happens it rolls off it's when you're yeah you know stuck to the idea of a rigid timeline that you really set yourself up for upset i think in general you just have to be prepared more for things to go wrong in winter weather unfortunately but as you said it's like just if you are prepared for it then you'll be less disappointed if you know and that's like our trip stuff with especially with like is it flash floodings happening in they've got flash floodings they've got mudslides We've got variants. Yeah. We've we've got well, we've we're, got COVID. We're as flexible as it gets right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steph and I are like playing it by ear every day, and I think we're both like, if it, you know, if something makes this road trip not happen, we're kind of like, okay. We've we've also got a rental car booked in Vancouver, and then I wasn't sure if we'd be able to drive, so we've also got a rental car booked in Kelowna. <laughs> So if we have to fly to Kelowna and pick up a car there, we can do that. Like, I've got all these contingency plans with free cancellation. Um, We have rental cars rented in every province in Canada right now. So we're good to go. Um, If you guys, you know, have done, like, maybe winter excursions are your thing. There are people that actually like winter and they don't like summer and they actually prefer going to countries in the middle of winter. So, like, we want to hear about... Your winter excursions, your favorite winter activities, what Christmas activities have you done? Tell us about your winter travels. Give us some inspiration as well, because maybe we're we're missing something out in our planning. I think we've got one more episode coming up before the end of this year. Yes, it's my favorite episode of the year every year, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, well, you guys will have to listen to find out what that episode is. All right. See you next time. See ya. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod and donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.